This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to In Bloom Podcast, or welcome if you are new. My name is Abby Aslan, and I'm the host of this podcast. This week, I really wanted to do a Q&A. I like doing these every now and then, um, just because it's like a really good way to just maintain connection with the audience and everything with y'all. Um, and I just like doing them because um, I feel like everybody always has questions related to just like advice, my life, whatever. And it's always good to provide like multiple opportunities every now and then to answer them so that everyone has like a chance of getting their question answered if that makes sense but I had y'all ask me questions on the in bloom podcast so be sure to be following that on instagram if you aren't already it's just at in bloom podcast and join the in bloom podcast facebook group because I also said to leave me questions in there in case anyone didn't see like the question box on the in bloom podcast instagram story because I got a lot of repeat questions so like if your question wasn't answered in this episode um, definitely check like past Q&A episodes because I've done like a handful so I've answered like a lot of the questions that people asked and I don't want like every Q&A to be the same you know so I want to be providing you know different questions and everything each episode but I'm currently recording this from home in Florida um, I mentioned at the very end of last week's episode that I was coming home um, and it was like last minute I decided because I had some flight credit that I needed to use that was expiring soon, um, that I wanted to come home pretty much right after I took my first section of CPA exam, which was on Friday. Um, I had to drive to Beaumont, Texas, which was like an hour and 45 minutes away from Houston and take my exam there. Cause that's Houston only has like two pro metric centers, which is like where you test and they book up obviously so fast. Cause there's so many people who live in Houston. So I had to drive to Beaumont for mine. Um, and my exam was at 12.30, so I didn't get home till, like, 6.30 because traffic was really bad on the way back. As soon as I got home, um, my boyfriend and I, like, went heavy, like, with deep cleaning the apartment because it was a mess from both of us having a really busy week. So we were, like, as soon as I get home, like, we're going to, like, tag team it and knock it out in, like, hopefully two hours. And we cleaned, um, ate dinner, and then our friends came over for, like, two hours just to hang out. And then I had to pack to come home because I obviously didn't have time to do that and I went to bed at like 1 30 or 2 and then Saturday morning my flight was at 9 but I just figured the airport would be really busy and I actually wasn't so I got there at like 7 and so I got up at like 5 15 because I had to do finish some packing and I was just like so exhausted because I got like three and a half hours of sleep and here I am now. I'm at home. Um, I've pretty much just been at the beach like yesterday and today. That's like all I've really done. I've been hanging out with family because my brother's here too, but he leaves tomorrow. Um, so it's been really nice. So I am recording this from home. Um, that's just a little update, but I think my test went really well. Um, I feel really good about it. So I find out my score like the night of the 14th um, of September. So pretty soon. And I'm really excited to like just know if I passed or not, but I do feel good about it, so I'm trying not to just, like, dwell on it, basically, right now, but let's go ahead and get into the q and I'm not going to do a, quote, goal and gratitude for this week, just because um, I want to leave more time to answer questions, so let's go ahead and get started. So, my 
First question I wanted to answer is um, how do you stay on top of your finances post-grad? So it's funny because I'm a finance, I was a finance and accounting major and I think a lot of people think that I like have a super organized system and everything for budgeting and staying on top of finances and while I do I it's not like probably what people would expect I feel like people probably would think that I like have a super awesome color-coded spreadsheet and I am like just so on top of it but the truth is managing your money in like a very like there's ways to be intentional about it and that's really important to be intentional about it but you can get to a point to where it's like a job in and of itself and I think personally if you have the means to do so it's so which I don't um not like I don't have a financial advisor I guess is what I'm saying but I don't have a financial advisor or planner or anything like that but I think if you have the means to do so like if you've just graduated and you've got a good job lined up and everything I think it's probably worth spending a little bit of extra money just to help with um I mean, and that is if you don't really have the extra time in your day to do it or you're just like, you don't care about it at all Um, because it's really good to be on top of them. But, you know, there's a reason those people exist and like they have their jobs for a reason to help you. So I think like trusting those people with your money and like everything and like how to like, especially when it comes to investing and stuff, like I personally am not somebody that can follow the market like every single day. And, you know, I don't like day trading and everything I'm a pretty risk averse person which basically just means I'm not like fond of the idea of like risking um a lot um for potentially like really awesome returns and everything but I pretty much like to just like the few things I have like invested um I thought long term with I wanted to be able to just like buy some shares in like a company that I believed in that performs well has a good history and everything and um put money into that and just like let it sit and like grow um So just like long growth stocks, if you will. But that's like on the investing side of things. I think if you have the means to do so, absolutely getting a planner or um, even if you don't even want to go that far, I mean, just getting your extra money that you're trying to save if you don't have, you know, a lot of loans to pay off or anything like that. um, A safe bet is going into like a um, exchange traded fund and everything because those are, you know, not as risky, but they provide good um, annual returns on average. So that's kind of like on the investing side but as far as like staying on top of my finances like my everyday money because I know investing isn't necessarily like a universal experience not everybody has a disposable income for that like I don't really have like a ton of disposal or disposable income for that but um I do have like a little bit so I try you know to just diversify my savings that way um but staying on top of them so I do have like a spreadsheet that I just made in excel and it is like not it's not something I could even like share as a template because it's like literally so basic and I just basically have like my um multiple streams of income which like it would be a lot easier to track you know if you just had like one job but I have like you know money coming in from like five to seven places on average every month so it's like I have to keep track of all of those so um once I graduated which I hadn't done this before but um I did this once I graduated and moved to Texas. I was like, you know what? I should probably like track my spending and everything more just because I feel like it's like what I should be doing right now. And since before I like start my like real full-time job in January, I thought it would be good to just sort of like have a good handle on my finances right now, especially because 
um, being an adult's expensive, so it's, like, this is my, like, first go around of being post-grad and everything, so I wanted to have a way to track, like, all my expenses, and then that I knew every month would happen, and then, like, all my income, and I wanted to make sure, like, the things that I do every month, like, getting my hair done, or not getting my hair done, I do not get my hair done every month, but that's, I meant to say nails, <laughs> like, getting my nails done, um, and, you know, like, paying for, like, a BarkBox subscription for my dog, like, those personal types of things, I wanted to put down in the spreadsheet and see, like, what percentage of my income, like, those personal expenses were taking up and see if I needed to, you know, make changes in my lifestyle if I needed to and, like, be like, okay, maybe I don't need to get my nails done every month. Maybe I need to go every, like, two or three months, but I, everything was fine, like, when it, what it came out to, but I just did that to, like, make sure that, like, it wasn't too large of a portion of my income and everything. Um, and to make sure I was putting, you know, like 40% towards, you know, like savings and putting enough um, or taking, not really taking out because I don't like actually physically take it out, but like saving enough for estimated taxes, like um, on average each month, like, okay, if I'm paying them quarterly, I want to make sure, you know, that each month I'm taking like the same amount and like basically prorating it over the month so that, it's not like a large chunk of income that I have coming out at once, which it is, but when I'm intentionally saving for it and I'm like setting money aside, basically it doesn't make it hard to, you know, pay them if that makes sense. But I pretty much just have the spreadsheet. So I have all, I don't have like every, I don't track every single dollar I spend. Um, and I feel like that's what a lot of people think I do, but my, like I averaged out groceries. I did like my car payment, um, and just, like, all, like, my rent, utilities, like, that kind of stuff, I have all of that listed out that reoccurs monthly, and then, like, my personal things that I do monthly, um, I have all of that on there, and then I have, like, all of my income, just so I can, like, and since my income's changing every month, and it's super volatile, and, you know, like, one month it's really great, one month it's, you know, not that great, so I like to just have a good, look at, you know, what I'm expecting to come in from brand deals and everything. And then, you know, be able to see, okay, this, I don't really have as many brand deals that I expect to be paid for like next month. So maybe I, you know, just need to be a little bit more conscious of like what I'm spending. And honestly, with graduating, I've like been pretty good about not like just spending money like left and right and everything like buying like clothes and like that kind of stuff um just because I don't really want to do that like with my money right now I'm like really trying to save as much as I can and I know that we like hang out with friends in Houston like on the weekends like we'll go to dinners and stuff and um I like to like save money for you know like if we go out with friends and um go um to dinner or um going to like concerts and stuff because there's like a ton of awesome concerts in Houston and we're actually going to see um Jason Aldean and Hardy on September 11th in Houston so I'm really excited for that um but that like experiences and stuff you know like you just have to like think about okay what are my priorities like what do I have to pay every month and like make sure you know you're covering that and um outside of that your expenses like you just have to I think it's important to be conscious of, like, what you're spending, because it's really easy to just, like, swipe a card or, like, pay online nowadays, and it can be so easy to just throw money, like, left and right, but for me personally, I try to remind myself that, you know, I'm tracking it in 
that spreadsheet like every month like I always when I get paid I just go and update it and that helps a lot but um personally I just don't have a ton of time to just like devote to having like this elaborate financial plan post-grad and everything and I know that you know I try and save a lot and for my just um disposable income I really right now I value spending time with friends family and like going like experiences more just because of obviously from COVID like not really doing much for a long time like the concerts and stuff get me like so excited and I'm like I love live music I love music in general and um like and we got tickets to see Don Tolliver too in October so it's like that kind of stuff I'd rather like spend my money on than like going and buying a bunch of clothes or that you know what I mean so that's just a look on my finances but like I don't I feel like that's like a letdown for me to say but I mean like I'm not I don't owe anybody <laughs> having like a certain financial plan or anything with postgrad but I really just think you know like my biggest piece of advice of if, is if it overwhelms you and you have the means to do so like getting help is okay and um I think that there are so many resources at our fingertips um on YouTube and TikTok and everything like that and Instagram of advice when it comes to money especially like postgrad and everything you just have to like really look for it but I would love to like go more into that and everything on my podcast and on YouTube and stuff but like I just like don't have the time to like sit down and like plan out an elaborate like video and everything like right now just with studying um that may be something I can do like once I start working and I can like have that as like a sit down video or something or just a podcast episode but right now like that requires like so much thought and planning and like that's something you don't want to like take lightly when you're like offering like financial advice and everything um especially when you're like technically like not an expert in it because just because I'm in accounting doesn't mean like I'm in a I'm a financial advisor you know what I mean so it it creates or it causes um there it is a lot of work and everything like that so I don't want to um take it lightly I guess so next question is um I got a few questions about like creating a podcast and everything, um, how to promote your podcast and just like how to create one. Um, I think the best thing to do is use Anchor and y'all know um, Anchor is what I use and it's literally the best because it's so easy. You don't have to. I remember thinking that when I started my podcast, I was like, how do I get this on like so many different platforms? Like that sounds like so much work, but on Anchor, you literally just like upload your audio file and then once it's like approved on like all the platforms or whatever it just automatically goes out on all the platforms for you once you upload and schedule it so it's super super simple through anchor and anyone can like make money from sponsorships on anchor because they like give you an opportunity I think like once you like start uploading episodes and um I think that you know having a plan like a common underlying like theme and like a why behind your podcast like what are you trying to accomplish is really helpful so that you just stay on your kind of like what you want to do and um, that helps with planning out episodes I think like planning out episodes is so helpful I know a lot of people just like go on and wing it but planning is like super important for having a well thought out and like valuable episode because um one of the questions was asking how to not make the episode too long I don't really think there's any such thing as too long because some people you know, prefer 15 minute episodes. Some people prefer 30, 45 an hour. Um, but I feel like the vast majority of people expect podcasts to be from like the 45 minute to an hour range. So that's like a long, long time. So I wouldn't worry about making them too long. 
Um, but as far as like promoting your podcast goes, I definitely think that you have to be like your biggest advocate for what you create. And that goes for if you have a small business, if it's a podcast, if it's a YouTube channel, whatever, like you need to like show people that you believe in it because it'll make them want to check it out. And I'm not the best about like cross promoting my podcast on my personal Instagram just because I never think about it, honestly, like just because I'll go on like the podcast Instagram and like I have all of I have to like physically post the stories, but all of the posts are like scheduled and they just through Canva and they just like post on their own and everything. So I just like never even think to go on my personal Instagram and like share it. And it's just because they're automatically posted. So I really think that promoting though, like I said, you want to be your biggest fan. So like on your social media, you know, like if you have a new episode, share that on your social media. If you posted a new post, share it on your social media. And like I said, I know I'm not somebody that does that right now, but if you're like really, really trying to achieve that growth, I highly recommend, you know, being your biggest advocate and sharing it as much on like your personal page as much as possible. And then also just trying to post consistently um, one, the episodes in general, and then two, like on your podcast Instagram page, if you have one, I think that, you know, being really consistent, posting anywhere from four to five, like actual posts a week, and then, um, stories on the days you don't post. And like, that just really helps the algorithm, you know, to get on and explore pages and that kind of thing. So that can really be helpful. Um, the next question is favorite books. I'll be on a school break soon and desperately want to go to read. Um, gosh, I, right now I'm reading A Court of Thorn and Roses and it's like a fantasy book and it's good so far, but I'm only like 15% into it. I started reading it like as I was studying for the CPA and I like have barely read over the last couple weeks just from studying. And I'd say my favorite, the favorites that I've read this year, I've honestly like really, really loved like pretty much everything I've read this year. I recently read Malibu Rising and that was amazing. I know I talked about that a little bit on episode or on an episode after I finished it, but Malibu Rising is really good. Um, I also really liked The Midnight Library. That was like, I read that one like on a snow day at Alabama school. Like I started it and finished it in the same day. And then I really liked The Vanishing Half. Um, It was a really interesting like book that just gave like two sides of stories and everything and it was just very like eye-opening it was really really good um and then what's another I'm trying to think I really like the defining decade if you like self-help like non-fiction psychology that's really really good um if you like historical fiction all the light we cannot see um and I also really like um when life gives you lululemons if you want like a very like just chill, totally not mentally involved, like easy read when life gives you Lululemons is like a super easy read. And, um, it's like a devil wears Prada like type of book. And, or I think it like actually is tied to that, but I don't know like anything about that series. (laughs) Um, but it's really, really good and just a fun, like light read. And I also liked, um, people we meet on vacation. I will say I heard like so much, I feel like it was overhyped because I loved the book, but like I didn't, I feel like I was expecting more from it and it was honestly just predictable to me. And that's not me like being negative. Like I still think you should read it and it's like a good, easy read as well. But I think I just like heard so much about it for so long. So then I read it and I was expecting like something super insane. And then I was like, yeah, like I kind of like knew what was going to happen. So, um, I don't know. That was like 
how I felt about that book. But next question is best way to plan dinners ahead. Um, pretty much asking if I use like a specific website or cookbooks or anything. Um, personally, what I do is um, at I normally get my groceries like anytime between like Friday and Monday, and I do drive up most of the time with HEB. But before I go to the grocery store, I like make a list and I put like all of my usual like breakfast and lunch stuff that I like to have on hand that I need to restock. And then when it comes to like actual dinners, I sort of get, I get some stuff from Pinterest. I've seen some stuff on TikTok. Um, there's a few Instagram accounts, um, that I follow half baked harvest, clean food crush. And, um, there's one other one, but I can't remember the name, but I get recipes from those sometimes, not all the time. I feel like most of them are from like Pinterest or it's just like me figuring out how to like make something and then over time after I make it a couple times I'll like put my own like twist onto it or something um and then TikTok has a lot of good options as well so there's lots of good options out there but I pretty much will think um I always plan five dinners every week and then two nights a week I plan for us to just eat out like on one night it's usually like something like fast casual like pokey bowls or something and then the other night um we'll usually like go to dinner with friends or something like that but I think five is just like a sweet spot like it's not too much cooking for me during the week it's like just enough and um I don't know it's just ideal but I pretty much will think of like all the meals I'm gonna make and then I like write them all out in notion on my phone which is kind of like a planning app on my home page I just have like dinners for the week and I just kind of like put them in there um as I'm grocery planning and then um I put all the ingredients for like every meal that I'm gonna need in my grocery list so like I don't have to go back to the store during the week or that's the goal sometimes you forget things and that's okay but it's really convenient to like look at a recipe be like take inventory of your fridge and pantry it just saves so much time and like you waste so much time if you're just like think of dinner on a day-by-day basis but if you plan it ahead of the week like you're so much more likely to actually cook everything that you plan for because you know you have all the groceries and you don't have to go back out to the store for it and you're a lot less likely to eat out a lot so um that's super helpful and I think that you know just sitting down like like before you go grocery shopping every week and just thinking okay what do I have and what do I need for the meals I'm gonna make but I also just a way I think of it like if I am not following like a specific recipe I normally just try to think of like a protein a carb and like a vegetable so um, for example, we eat like salmon, rice, and green beans like every single week. And that's like our favorite meal. Um, and I'll just cook the salmon how I like to cook it. And it's not really from a recipe. It's just like I put it in the oven 400 degrees in a cast iron skillet for like eight minutes. And then I pull it out, um, pull the salmon off of the pan, heat the pan with olive oil on like medium high. And then once it's hot, I will, um, stick the salmon on for like a minute each side or however long it needs and like sear it um and then baste it with butter in the pan and it's just like so good um and then seasonings of course and then green beans um I usually just do fresh green beans and I like saute them and steam them and rice is just easy so that's like a go-to meal but I like to think of it that way as like a protein carbon vegetable and that's like a really helpful way of like thinking because then you can think okay there's this many different proteins I could eat. There's like a ton of different carb options and there's a ton of different vegetable options. And that's kind of how I approach it. Um, the next question is how do you make a study schedule and actually stick to it? I got like a bunch of questions about like 
just sticking to like routine and like having a steady schedule and like just having a lot going on basically and sticking to it for me um I think that with having the study schedule like if I wasn't having to start work in January I'd probably be like a lot less disciplined with studying every single day and you know taking um my exams like so quickly and everything for the CPA but I think like sitting down and planning like what you're going to be doing each day is super helpful and I know that's super hard for just like your traditional classes because it's like I mean you don't need to study every single day in college like for a class like you you can do a couple days a week and be fine for the most part but um for me like with the CPA for example it's like split up and there's like sections of the book and there's like different there's like three mock exams you can take and with having like things split up already it's like I knew like sitting down like before I started it's like okay on each day up until my exam like here's what I'm going to be doing each day and that's exactly how I planned it out and I just knew I had to stick to it because if I you know just didn't feel like doing it one day and I didn't do it I would get behind and that like stresses me out more than anything so I don't want to get behind and I just knew I had to do it and I got it done and that's like literally all there is to it is like once I started doing it and after like a week of doing it I just accepted this is how my days are gonna go and like I just know that that's like how I'm gonna be spending my days and I had to just I just have to deal with it as much as it sucks and I don't like doing it you get used to it and it becomes routine and you have to really just accept like the short-term like suckiness of it for like the long-term benefits like for me getting all of this done now will allow me to still like record my podcast and like create videos hang out with friends and do youtube when i start working because i won't have to be studying outside of work as long as i pass all the exams before i start work but if i slack off right now and i just kind of you know oh like i really want to enjoy my last couple of months before work which yes I do I would love to be doing more fun things than I am but I'm always gonna have you know like the paid time off and like the vacation days and all that kind of stuff for while I'm working a job and I would rather just work really hard right now and not have to like ever study again and be able to like take like vacations while I'm working when I actually need them than to just kind of be lazy with it right now and like yeah enjoy myself but if I wasn't really studying I would probably like be enjoying myself half the time and then the other time I'd be being lazy so it's like I'd rather just get it done now because I know the consequences of not getting it done now and that would be having the work and study at the same time um which would just be awful for me personally just because I have like the podcast and YouTube channel too but it's just awful in and of itself as well so I think that you just really have to like know that you just have to accept first of all you have to accept that like that's how your days are going to go and I think like if you plan something for later in the day um like if you plan to go to dinner with friends and that kind of thing it like really motivates you to get it done during the day and not put it off because then you know you have something to look forward to at the end of the day and you can just be like oh if I once I get this done like I can go enjoy my evening and not even think about it and that's been super helpful for me because naturally I like to like push things off for nighttime um I actually work pretty well at nighttime um I'm trying to get in like a better like sleep routine and schedule but since I was taking my exam at 12 30 this last time there was no reason for me to be getting up 
super early and going to bed super early. Um, and it just made more sense for me to study like a real time job, like from like nine to five. And that's basically what I was doing. But a lot of days it would be even later than that. And I would sometimes start a little bit later. So I just knew that like I had that going on. And, um, I think that once I like got in that routine, you just have to know like what time of day works best for you. And, kind of like capitalize off of that because you don't want to force yourself to be working or studying at a time of day where you know that you don't really function very well um, because it's just going to end up hurting you more than helping you because it's going to be a lot less productive than you would want it to be and then you're going to end up spending more time overall trying to get something done when you could have gotten it done in less time if you just did it at the time of day that's like most optimal for you Um, but I do really think that like making plans in like the evening will really really help because it helps you get it done and I don't mean you have to like go out like all night long or anything but like if you just plan to go get dinner with somebody you know you're not going to want to like sit back down and do it after dinner so like just push it it's such a good motivator during the day I feel like personally and next question is how to figure out what to do with your life I feel so lost right now I I don't know I feel I did a little like mini Q&A on my personal Instagram yesterday Um, just like while I was at the airport and everything and on the plane because I bought Wi-Fi on the plane thinking I'd be able to do more on it and I like wasn't really able to do anything so it was really dumb but um I someone had asked about the same thing like they were in college and they just felt super lost and I was just saying how I really think that something about graduating college made me so content with taking things day by day and not planning outside of like what's reasonable to plan for if that makes sense Like, it makes no sense for me to think of even a year from now because I don't know what that's going to look like. Like, I know I will be working, but it's like, I don't, I haven't even started my full-time job yet, so I can't even, like, plan a year from now because it, I just don't know how it's going to go because I haven't started yet. Like, if I was already a year into my job, it'd be a lot easier for me to be like, oh, a year from now, I can, like, kind of conceptualize a plan for this. But I've become so at peace with just accepting taking things day by day and not doing outside of what I need to do for planning because I just feel like it causes so much unnecessary stress for us when we obsess over having a like five-year plan or three-year plan and it sets us up to get so upset with ourselves because most of the time the plan isn't going to go our way like we cannot predict like no matter how much we do to like ensure something happens life throws curveballs at us all the time and we cannot guarantee that what we have planned out is going to happen and 99% of the time it's not going to happen the way we plan for it to happen so even if it does happen the way it happens oftentimes is not what we envisioned or what we planned for and some people see beauty in that, but some people like myself, like beat themselves up when things don't go as planned. Um, and like for me personally, I know that since I'm kind of like that and when things don't go as planned, it causes me more stress and it kind of makes me panic for a moment. I just have to like avoid planning at all. And like, obviously the normal things to plan for, like if you're planning for like a vacation or like you're planning for, you know, like your spending like that kind of stuff I think is like totally normal to plan for and like everything like that but as far as like planning what you're going to be doing like with your life like what your job's going to be like where you're going to be all of that I feel like is totally useless in my opinion because it just causes unnecessary stress and it causes you to miss out 
on your current opportunities because you're so worried about like what's going to be coming um in like a year or like a couple months or whatever and you miss out on what like the present has to offer and I think that figuring out what to do with your life that's such like a broad question and I don't know um you know if you're in college or if you are in high school or if you um are just working right now and you're not in college or you're you know in a trade school I don't know what you're doing so it's really hard but I think at the end of the day um the what to do with your life question usually entails like what you're going to be doing like for your career like where you're going to be living that kind of thing I think it's so important to let your interests and your passions guide you um I think a lot of times we get so caught up in what we what society expects of us and what our peers and like our friends and family and like the people we care about us expect us to do that we don't stop and ask ourselves what is it that I truly care about and like what is it that I am interested in and you don't have to go and pursue like what your favorite like passion is or anything because a lot of times people's you know the thing they're most passionate about isn't something they want to do for a career because then it takes the passion out of it like for me I, I couldn't do I couldn't see myself ever doing just YouTube as like a career because it would take the passion out of it for me because it would turn it into a job where I would see it so much more from like a financial perspective with it providing my means to live and even though it pretty much does that now it's not all I'm doing and I know I have a full-time job coming so I still have so much love for it and I a lot of that love just kind of goes away when I am when it becomes my job and it's not like my outlet anymore so I think keeping you know there's a difference between those passions and interests and keeping that in mind is so helpful and I think your interests are the things that you know challenge you and inspire you and you know make you excited to like learn more and like get up and go to work in the morning and not every day because not everybody's gonna love waking up for their job every morning and that is just life and that is reality like people tell you all the time you know like oh I like love getting up every single day for my job and like I feel like I never work a day in my life there are some people like that who are very fortunate but I'd say the vast majority of people you know a lot of the times when you get up in the morning you just don't want to do it but you just have to you know shift your mindset a little bit and if you're not happy make changes and that's a big piece of advice that I can give to you too if you feel lost in your life like sit down and ask yourself you know like are my needs being met like what needs aren't being met am I happy like do I feel like I can be doing more elsewhere do do I feel like I'm like needed more elsewhere what can I provide um to others and what can others provide to me and like these different spaces and like these different industries for jobs um you know what are you interested about and like where do you see yourself being like the most inspired and challenged and happy while also being able to provide for yourself like that's like a really good way to approach figuring out like what you want to do. But um, I think talking to people in different fields and if you're talking about like career-wise you're really lost um, and even if it's not your career, if it's just like yourself talking to people who are experienced in what you're struggling with is so underrated and it can be so helpful um, with figuring out direction and like getting direction when you need it. So I think that that can really, really help. Next question is maintaining your sense of individuality and independence in a relationship, especially for the first time. Um, I really like this question because I feel like this is something that a lot of people struggle with. And I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before, but I wanted to just like circle back to the question um, because I don't know if I've answered this specific question, 
But I think that a lot of times so many of us um, get so just wrapped up in, you know, someone that we start dating or someone we just have a lot of feelings for. And, you know, some people are just naturally a little bit more self-aware of like their emotions and like their independence and everything. So I feel like they're able to control when their like love for someone is just like getting super like enlarged and you just feel like the love is like larger than life itself which is like amazing but a lot of times we lose ourselves in that and it's really hard you know to let to just and that's just the truth it's really hard to not let yourself get so um consumed by your relationship especially your first like real like long-term relationship um and even if it's not your first it can even happen in multiple relationships after that and you know I've experienced that like where you you know are dating your significant other and you just that newness of it it's like you know how people call it the honeymoon phase it's really hard not to get so wrapped up in it and excited because it's new and it's exciting and there's you know a lot of love and like everything like that and you it's before you get to like the usually before you get to a lot of like the really hard stuff that you know is part of being in a long-term relationship but I think maintaining your individuality and independence is so so important and I think the most important thing is to not beat yourself up if you are in a position where you've realized oh my gosh I've like completely let myself go I'm not doing any of my hobbies or my passions or my interests anymore like my entire identity has become wrapped up in this one person in this relationship please don't beat yourself up over that because, you know, you just let your emotions get the best of you and that's okay. And, um, I know I've had times in the past where, um, I feel like I've always sort of like maintained, you know, like my friendships and everything like that. Like I've never really been one to just like stop hanging out with my friends when I get in a relationship or anything like that. But I tend to, do a lot less of like the things I'm like interested in and enjoy like starting out in a relationship just because you know you get so consumed by it and that's normal I think that once you're having that realization though it's a good thing because it provides you that opportunity to like take a step back and you know ask yourself how can I still you know be in this relationship and still you know like keep things like amazing and everything like that while getting back to like who I am and like what I care about and like recreating that um individuality and I think that really people don't realize it but you know relationships can be so much better and I feel like they can grow a lot more when you learn how to be like two separate people but come together as one and I think that having your own interests and your own passions and like doing your own things is so 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 important because you have to have like your own escapes like even within a relationship like I don't care like how head over heels you are for somebody if you do not have something you can go do at the end of the day that you know really is like yours and like sacred to you it's you're putting way too much of your emotions and like your happiness and your well-being and just your overall identity in the hands of someone else and when you do that it it sounds terrible but it's like at any moment like that could be gone um so you at the end of the day like you still have to be there for yourself so like you don't want to set yourself up to be in a position where okay like all of your you know everything you do like all the time 
is with that other person and like you are only happy if you're with that other person and you can't be alone then it's gonna hurt a lot more if something were to happen and I hate thinking like that like thinking as if it was going to happen but it's so important because you can really really crash hard and it hurts like a lot when you just don't even have yourself at the end of the day so it's really important to have that and I think that the best way to go about maintaining it is you know maintaining your friendships being intentional with your friendships it's really easy to just let those start sliding when you first get in a relationship because you're obviously spending so much more time with your significant other than you are with your friends and I think that's normal to be around your significant others more than friends um and it's fine too but being intentional and like making plans with people like um even if it's just going to get coffee with somebody or like going to the store with somebody or you know whatever it is um it could be something really simple just making sure you're being intentional and not just letting yourself get swept away um and I think that intention is behind a lot of that so you know a lot of times we just don't even think about it when we're so wrapped up in like love for like the first time and you know that feeling of love is so much stronger and it's overpowering your brain so like you're overriding any thoughts to make plans with other people and be intentional with those other friendships and do things with yourself and like take care of yourself because your heart is overpowering your mind in those moments so you're not thinking and you're not um you're kind of just like put on uh autopilot almost in a sense where everything starts revolving around that other person and you're just an autopilot coasting through that not really letting your mind have any say because your heart's just taking over and you're in a place where, you know, you're not really taking care of yourself, you're not being intentional with seeing friends, and you're not maintaining your interests, and I think it's really important to maintain those things so that, you know, you're there for yourself at the end of the day. Um, Next question is, are you nervous about starting your accounting job? Um, I definitely am nervous. I'm nervous for a lot of reasons. I'm nervous because, like, it's just crazy that it's starting soon and that like that's pretty much like the rest of my life I'm like nervous that I'm not gonna like it I'm nervous that it's gonna be like extremely tough to do with like YouTube and my podcast I'm gonna have to like make some changes and I'm really nervous about like just how how much change it's gonna be and how fast it's gonna be and I'm nervous about the challenge of it but I'm excited at the same time and if you want to hear more about like my mindset on starting a new job and like not being worried about hating a job before you start it go watch my last get ready with me on youtube that i uploaded in the last month um because i talked a lot about just going into my job with like no expectations because if i go into something like already hating the idea of it and like dreading starting it i'm not giving it the full chance it deserves um and i'm not ever going to know what it's fully like because i already decided how I felt about it with a preconceived notion of dreading working and not wanting to do it and hating it in my head I don't want to do that because it doesn't give the job the full chance that it can get so that's pretty much the gist of it but um that's kind of like the mindset I'm having right now I'm like I'm going in with zero expectations like I'm just gonna let it let it be what it is and take it for what it is and like be able to create my own opinions as I start instead of going in with all these preconceived notions of from like what other people have told me about it or from what I know to be true about it like I'm like I will let my experience define how I feel about it not anything that anyone's told me before any of my fears that I have before because 
if I'm letting my fears um, about something that may or may not even be come to be true define it before I even start, it's not giving it a full chance. Um, so I think that that's just kind of like how I feel about it. And um, next question is how to make time for school, a part-time job, a relationship, and time for yourself. It's really hard. It requires a lot of sacrifice, that's for sure. Um, I think that a lot of people struggle with this in college because, you know, like, a lot of people have to work through college and, like, a lot of people, you know, are in difficult majors that require, like, a lot of studying and then you end up meeting someone along the way and you have a relationship and then, like, you also take time for yourself and, like, your friends at the end of the day. And I think that it just requires sacrifice. Like, there's no way, like, my honest answer is there's no way to do it all. And you can still do a little bit of everything, um, but there's no way to do, like, a ton of everything, if that makes sense. Um, You're either, like, spread out over a lot of stuff and you're, you know, not very heavily into all of those things or you're, like, just really heavily into a few things and not into others. And I think that it's important to remember that you can switch those off and find a balance between the two. Um, you know, like you can have periods of time where, you know, school and your job are your like main priorities. And then like on the days you're off, that's when you, you know, spend time in your relationship or with friends. And then other times, you know, school may not be as big of a thing in the picture, like during the summer. And that's when you're really able to focus on like yourself and like passion projects and that kind of thing. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, you know, just finding some sort of a routine that works for you and once again just being intentional with your time um I think at the end of the day like your intentions can take you so far because if you are you know like struggling with just creating time for the other people in your life one of the easiest ways to recreate um those relationships and just create time for them is to be intentional and just schedule time out for them because you're gonna make your schedule work around that but if you're never intentional in the first place and like schedule those things out and plan them um with people it's like you're never going to do it and if you do it then you're gonna force yourself to work around it and I think that being intentional is huge for that and um at the end of the day you're not gonna have time to do it all like I said and some days are gonna be like really really heavy with school and work and you're gonna have no time for yourself or relationship and then other days you might have more and I think taking things day by day is also really helpful and you know not comparing yourself to others is really helpful because I know it's so easy to just like look at other people who may not have to like work in college and they're able to just you know like have fun all the time like just don't compare yourself and you do have to make sacrifices so you have to ask yourself what you're willing to make sacrifices, um, for and like what you're wanting to sacrifice. Like for me, I sacrificed a lot of social time and like going out in college so that I could, you know, do YouTube, have my part-time job as a TA, be a double majored student, like have my podcast, all that stuff. Like it required, like I, I valued my time with friends a lot, but a lot of the times, my friends were in similar positions where, you know, they were in, like, a difficult major as well, and, like, they had a lot of schoolwork to do, so instead of, like, sitting in my apartment doing it by myself, a way for us to be in each other's presence was to go to a coffee shop and study together, and you can do that in your relationship, too, Um, and, like, you have to 
pause and eat during the day like breakfast lunch and dinner so always keep that in mind too I think like thinking of things that you're already going to be doing and finding ways how you can make that time intentional with somebody else um is a really great way to like create time because it's like if you're going to be stopping to eat dinner anyways why not like ask a friend to go or ask your significant other to go and that's like a way to like see them and spend time with them but like I said for me I, I just I couldn't go out like Thursday night Friday night Saturday night like most college kids do um I would normally do one night a week and then occasionally during my senior year it was like two um and there might have been a few weeks where there were three but that was just because I was like this is my last year which I ended up having my grad school year but I was like this is my last year like gotta make the most of it and if obviously if I had like a huge test or like a big brand deal due or something I would keep that in mind and I would try to you know make time during my day to work on those things so I could do that but at the end of the day you just have to ask yourself what am I willing to you know make sacrifices for and like what am I willing to sacrifice in my life so um next question is how do you cope when you feel friendships are growing apart um this is definitely really hard and I think that you have to try and understand the root of why it's happening you know are things sort of drifting and falling apart because you're neither one of you are really making an effort um like is there just like no effort on either side is there no effort on one side um is it drifting apart because y'all just don't really have the same interests anymore? Is it drifting apart because you just don't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff that causes y'all to, like, get in arguments all the time? You know, like, that kind of stuff. You have to really sit and think, um, you know, why it's happening, and then you have to ask yourself, like, okay, this is happening. How can I, if I'm wanting to maintain this, you know, friendship and, like, keep it going, is there anything I can do to, like, help that um and you don't need to obviously carry it on your back but like for example if you're you feel like your friendship is drifting because y'all just really aren't you know maintaining contact and you know there's not a ton of effort from both sides take it upon yourself to try to reinstill that um friendship and like make that first move of putting in a little bit of extra effort and seeing if they, you know, give it to you back. Like, if they're not really entertaining it, then I think that, unfortunately, you just kind of have to let it, you know, fade. But at the same time, like, I think that, you know, true, like, real friendships, like, you should never just, like, give up on. But if, like, the other person is, like, not giving you anything to work with, like, you don't need to be expending so much of your energy into making something work when the other person has already decided it's not going to work. And it's really hard to accept that and it's really hard to like move on from that um and it hurts and I've you know I've had a lot of like okay not a lot I've not had a lot I've had like a a few since like middle school like little friend breakups and all of those people I'm like friends with now or at least we're like civil with and like we will be you know kind to one another like on social media but we don't like necessarily hang out all the time um and I think that sometimes or a lot of the times you know friendships go through like hard phases and rough phases and that's totally normal but I think that how like both of you handle things you have to remember that it's like a two-way street like you can't it can't be so one-sided um and you just have to like if you feel it growing apart um I definitely think that just like if you are feeling that the other person probably is too or they will be soon so go ahead and just like make that step to like try and be a little bit extra intentional and like make that effort to keep it alive and like keep things going 
And from there, you can see like if it's going to help things or make things worse or nothing's really going to happen out of it. And it is sad when they're growing apart and how you cope with it. I mean, you really just have to accept that like if if you've tried your best to you know, maintain that friendship and like keep things going. You have to tell yourself at the end of the day that like you've done all you can do. And if you don't feel like you've done all you can do to save it and like really work towards it, then that's just like a sign that you need to like maybe make like one extra step to see if you can save it. And, but if you can truly say to yourself at the end of the day, I have done all I can to like maintain this and it's too much energy of mine and a waste of time for me to like try and keep something going that's like the other person's already decided they're not going to be involved in you just have to unfortunately accept that and know that you know you're going to have a lot of friendships in your lifetime and some are only going to be for periods of time and some are going to be for life and those ones that are for periods of time often can you know teach you a lesson and it'll teach you like just how to move on and like understand that like you're going to have other friendships and it's not the end of the world even though it feels like it's the end of the world and that maybe y'all just need a break and like space apart and then you guys can come back together um down the road just because you know you're not friends anymore now doesn't mean you won't be later because I've definitely had a few friendships where I wouldn't even like talk to a person like even like text them or if I saw them in public like we wouldn't even speak and then now we're friends so it's like in time things can get better and sometimes people just have like things going on in their own life that, like make things difficult But, you know, if no one, like, really hurt one another in the friendship and it's just growing apart, a lot of times, like, you can, you can still save it. Like, you just have to ask yourself, like, what you can do and what you're willing to do to save it. So, hopefully that helps. Um, And then for the questions on Facebook, I definitely saw a couple that I wanted to answer. So, I'm going to answer some of those. Um, One of them was asking about how to be friends with an ex and still move on and I thought this was an interesting question that I haven't answered before um honestly everyone has different opinions on this and personally I think that if it's a fresh breakup you don't need to be friends because your heart and like your memories and everything with that person are going to be so overpowering in those couple months following the relationship or even years like I don't know how long it's going to take you to get over it but in the time that you're trying to move on from somebody you can't truly move on from them if you're still in contact with them and you're still having like that friendship connection because most relationships start with a friendship connection so you're kind of stringing things along in my opinion if like you've already broken up and then you're still being friends um some people can do it and like that's great I think but I think the majority of the time it doesn't work to be friends and still move on right away. However, being friends with your ex later on down the road, I don't think is something that's impossible. And I think that it's totally fine. I'm personally not like friends with any of my ex-boyfriends, like as in like I stay in contact with them and I see them and everything like that. Um, Most of them I don't even really have on social media, but some of them I do. But I think that, and it's not like we're, not civil towards each other like we're nothing's like wrong like everything's fine but it's just like there's no reason for us to like be friends and I don't think that um you know in time like if y'all are meant to cross paths again 
um if that's his friends or like maybe trying a relationship again like that's a possibility in the future but I think that if you're referring to like being friends right after you break up and still moving on like I truly don't think you can truly move on if you're still maintaining contact and being friends with them because you're literally just stringing the relationship along without the label and without like the other any other aspect of the relationship because it's hard to just move on from someone if they're still in still like a big part of your life and like um that's just how I feel personally but it's going to prevent you from actually moving on because you can lie to yourself all day long and telling you tell yourself that you're taking the steps to move on and you're you know doing what you can to move on but it's not going to actually be moving on if that makes sense like you can tell yourself all day long and lie to yourself that being friends with them isn't going to change anything and you're still able to move on but in the back of your mind and like subconsciously you're still like tying yourself to them in some way and I think it's best to just like take that time from them whatever that means for you if that means like not following them on social media like not having their phone number or whatever then do that if that just means like still following them on social media and you know you're not staying in contact um you're not like texting or anything that's fine just figure out what works best for you and allows you to truly like take steps forwards and move on instead of just staying in the same place because I feel like that's what happens when you're you break you break up with your significant other and then you're still being friends like you're just staying in the same place basically and you're not really moving forward um next question is I'd like to know how it feels being completely done with college do you feel more adult now or ready now um I feel like I'm always going to feel like I'm not ready even though I graduated is there any advice about things you've learned since finishing school that have made the transition easier is there something I could research about paying back loans living as an adult with a job etc that makes it easier so this is like a lot of questions in one and I think um the first one do you feel more adult now or ready now that I graduated college honestly I don't um I don't feel any more of an adult than I did like when I was in grad school if that makes sense I think when I start my job I will but just because I'm in this awkward like transitional phase where I haven't really started my full-time job yet and I you know left school like a little over a month ago it's just it doesn't feel like I'm in like that other completely different phase of life yet um and it does to an extent but not all the way and as far as feeling ready goes I don't think anyone is actually ready everyone just hopes to feel ready and so don't like think that you need to like get to feeling a certain way before you can like consider yourself you know an adult because it's not about like really being ready because everyone is just figuring out figuring it out as they go along and I think that that's kind of cool because it kind of puts everybody on the same page like no one actually knows what they're doing 100% of the time like everyone's just hoping that they're making steps in the right direction to be where they want to be and that's as like ready as you can be like there's really no true real objective definition of ready and I don't think anyone ever is truly ready like you just get thrown into it and you just kind of figure it out as you go along and um advice about things I've learned since finishing school that have made the transition easier um right now it's kind of hard to answer that question because I feel like um the transition hasn't been the easiest for me but I feel like just embracing change and accepting the change can take you a lot farther because I think when you're resistant to it and you're 
you know, so caught up on, like, making this change into adulthood and you're, like, resisting the change and you're just, like, very, you know, stuck in college or stuck in your last phase of life. Just like I was saying earlier with planning um, too far into the future, you're missing out on the present and, like, the current opportunities. I think the same thing about the transition after, like, graduating and post-grad life. Like, if you're really resistant to the change, you're not really fully embracing post-grad life because you're not giving it the chance it deserves and the chance it needs to show you what it's really like. So I think that embracing the change and accepting it all you can, which means accepting all the emotions that come with it, feeling them out, and just, like, really allowing yourself to feel all the feelings that come along with it, and then just being honest with yourself about how you feel and, like, how the transition feels and, like, how it is in general can get you so far because you're truly accepting the change and the fact that, like, your life is changing and you're more welcoming to new opportunities and you're more welcoming to change, whereas if you're just very, like, apprehensive about it and you're not really wanting to embrace it, you're likely not going to see all of the same opportunities or think of things as opportunities and challenges so I think that's like the biggest piece of piece of advice I have is just embracing the change and accepting it with open arms even if it's super uncomfortable um because I think that that can really show you a true glimpse of like what it's really like whereas you're always going to be stuck in the past if you don't allow yourself to fully embrace it so um and then as far as like paying back loans and living as an adult with a job um if you're wanting to research stuff about that, I think, like, honestly, like, with the way social media is, like, you can search, like, certain hashtags and stuff, like, if you just type in, like, um, post-grad, like, finances on YouTube or on TikTok or on Instagram, you could likely find, like, a lot of really good resources, and I mean, like, obviously, like, you want to make sure the people that are sharing those things with you are either an expert or you just value their advice and their opinion, um, but, always keep in mind you don't have to like live by everyone else's like rules and like their book and everything like just take it as what it is which is advice um and I think that's like the best thing I have for that because I don't know specifically I haven't like found anybody personally that I've researched or taken the time to like try and find um for post-grad stuff so that's like the best way I can tell you to go about researching it um next question is can you talk about how you and Griffin split finances with everything, like bills, rent, groceries, and other stuff? I get this question a ton on YouTube, and I always just respond to it, and I say, like, oh, we split things, like, right down the middle, because that is what we do, um, and we always have done that, like, since we've been living together, we have always split rent down the, right down the middle, um, except for, like, the money I have to pay each month for having a dog. I pay it because Ella is my dog. Like, I had her before we were in a relationship, so I'm obviously not going to make him pay for her, um, and so that's, like, how we do rent, and then our, like, utilities, like, um, our Wi-Fi and, like, cable package or whatever is, like, bundled, and it's, like, I think it's, like, $110 a month or something like that. I think it's 100 or 110 I can't remember right now, but we just split that down the middle, and it's, like, factored into our rent, and, um, groceries we split down the middle, but honestly, like, it's, I just think it's, like, a waste of time, like, to, like, for each person to do their own grocery shopping, if that makes sense, so I just ask him what he wants, and then I normally do, like, the drive up, and then I'll just Venmo request him for half of it, but then, like, every now and then, like, I'll go to Trader Joe's, too, and, like, a lot of the time I won't remember to Venmo with that stuff, but a lot of times that's only, like, 30 or 40 dollars, um, and with, 
those are like really the three things and then like when we go out like to dinner and stuff we normally like switch off like who pays so like if I bought pokey three nights ago he'll buy our chick-fil-a tonight like whatever you know like we just switch off every time and then like when we go out and have like drinks with friends or something um one of us will normally like get the uber or the lyft and then the other will like get the drinks um at the bars because we don't like drink a ton when we go out like it's normally like two drinks each and then like occasionally if we're out longer than that maybe three so um and we switch that off sometimes too like sometimes he's the one they get the uber the lift and then I get the drinks and that's just kind of how it is we're not like super stingy or like strict with any of it um but that's just kind of like what works for us but also I'm like um he's in like the interview process and he's been doing a lot of interviews recently for jobs and, um, studying for a CFP exam, and since I'm the one that, like, actually has, um, you know, like, an income, like, a consistent income right now and everything, I don't mind paying for, like, a little bit more than him just because he doesn't have that right now, and I just, like, personally, that's just how I think, like, so I'm not going to be so stingy with, um, if I buy dinner twice this weekend, he doesn't buy it at all, or if, um, he, or if I, like, forget to Venmo about, like, the Trader Joe's groceries like I'm not gonna worry about it because I'm the one that has the income right now and that's okay like I don't know a lot of people um I think just like to see how other people live just like so they can compare their situation but I just want you to remember at the end of the day that like everyone's situation is independent of one another and um that's just like what works for us and I personally believe that like if you know one person's making more money at the time like they probably should bear more of like the cost of things um, and that's just personally how I think, so that's why I don't really worry about it, um, if I'm, like, paying for a little bit more right now, then, um, instead of, like, splitting everything directly, completely to the cent, right down the middle, um, and that's just, like, what works, what works for us, and, like, you know, um, once we're married or whatever, it's, like, obviously then we'll, you know, have money put together, and we'll have, like, joint accounts and everything, and, like, things will be different than financially, but right now, like, since, you know, we're, that's not the case, we're not going to commingle, like, all of our funds or anything when we're not legally, you know, bound to one another, because that's just, like, I don't know, sticky situation, like, I know y'all have probably seen people who go in and, like, buy a house uh, with somebody, and they're not married, and then, you know, like, getting divorced, that just makes things really messy, and I'm not saying that would happen for us, and that's why I hate, like, answering questions like this, where I'm like, well, what if this happens, because I hate thinking like that, but in reality, that's, like, just being rational, and, like, or not rational, it's being, like, logical, and, like, just thinking of all, all scenarios, but, um, a lot of y'all, that's, like, that was, like, the most liked question, and, like, everything on Facebook, and a lot of people wanted to hear that, and I don't know if that's, like, what you were, wanting to hear or expecting, but that's literally exactly how it is, you know, like, I pay for all the pet stuff, because Ella's my dog, we split everything else down the middle, and we alter off, like, buying dinner out, and lunch out, or whatever it is, and, um, like, if I go get coffee, like, I'll always, you know, see if he wants one, too, and I don't mind paying for that, just because, like I said, I'm the one with a consistent income right now, um, next question is, um, wait, where did it go? I just lost it. Have you experienced the post-grad blues since finishing college, currently going through this? Oh my gosh, guys, yes. So, (laughs) I know in this podcast, um, when I first, like, left Tuscaloosa, like, my college town, like, six weeks ago, or however long ago it was, I just kept saying, like, oh, I can't believe the day's here, and it, like, doesn't feel real, and 
it feels weird, but it hasn't hit me yet. Like, I kept saying that to everybody, and I was saying that on YouTube. And I had a few days in the first few weeks when we moved to Houston where I was definitely feeling a little sad, and, like, I just felt a little out of place. Um, and I didn't think this would do it to me, but what did it to me this past weekend, yesterday, um, was with watching the opening football game of Alabama playing yesterday just set me over the edge. I was like holding back tears on my couch because I knew my parents would be like, why is our daughter crying when football's coming on? And it was like, um, I guess it was just like with it being the first like college, I mean like game, like the opening game for Alabama, not being in Tuscaloosa and like knowing that I'm like not going back there in like a couple days or whatever made me feel really uncomfortable because this is the first like football season I guess I'm experiencing as post-grad and I haven't even been to a game since LSU and Alabama at Alabama in 2019 um I didn't even go to any during my year of grad school because getting tickets was just so complicated because of COVID and it hit me so hard yesterday and I just felt like this pit in my stomach and I still do and in my heart where it's like this and it's not that like I and like, I don't know, it's weird. It's not like I'm unhappy with my current situation. Like I am loving living in Texas and I love it and everything. It's just this hole in like my heart and my stomach of this like nostalgia. Like I have, I can feel the feeling of being in Tuscaloosa in the fall, the start of a new semester, the weather getting really nice, it being really pretty. It's like my favorite time of year in Tuscaloosa. It's literally, like, there's actually magic in the air. Like, I swear on my life, like, during football season there, just because everybody is in, like, the same, like, high, like, energy and spirits, and, like, everyone comes together for football. Like, it's just this community and family feeling in that town, like, that just feels so special. And, like, something about the fall in Tuscaloosa is also just really, really nice. And I guess it's because they actually experience fall for the most part. And I just am not getting that in Texas and I never did in Florida that felt so special to me for so long. And then not having that this year, something about seeing the game on TV yesterday. And I never even went to like any of the opening games. It's not that it was the opening game. It was like me remembering what it felt like to be in Tuscaloosa during football season, during the fall. And just that feeling, and I had, like, all these flashbacks, like, from, like, my freshman year, my sophomore year, my junior year, my senior year, my grad school year, and I just felt this, like, pit in my stomach, and I was, like, or in my heart and in my stomach, really, it just made me feel sick almost, because I was just, like, oh my gosh, this hurts, like, so bad, um, realizing that I'm never going to, like, feel that way again, and that's just, like, and I mean, I will feel that way, but it'll be in different circumstances and because of different things, but it's, like, not having that feeling of, like, being a student in Tuscaloosa during football season, during the fall, and, like, that may seem, like, really minute to you and, like, not something that's a big deal, but, like, everybody's interested in different stuff and everybody's passionate about different stuff. I love that school. I loved, um, the people I met there. I grew so much there and I love college football, so it means a lot to me and, um, it just really hurt, like, feeling that nostalgia, but, like, knowing it was remaining as nostalgia is what hurt really bad. Like, it wasn't like I was home for the weekend, and I'm going back to school, and I'm like, oh, I wish I was at the game. It's like, I am never going to experience that incredible feeling again in that same exact way, 
and it just like like right right now talking about it like makes my eyes water and like makes my heart like just feel funny um it just made me really sad and that's the first time it hit me I think that I'm like wow I am not going back to school and it hurts like that was the first time it hit me and like I said it doesn't take away from how I feel like in Texas right now like I'm loving Texas and everything but that doesn't mean I can't be sad about the change and like growing up and like not experiencing that same feeling again um I honestly don't have any advice I let myself feel it though you know like I was my my boyfriend's not here with me right now he's um he's staying in Texas because we're actually coming back again next month for like my brother's birthday weekend and then for my dad does a paddleboard race for charity every year and this is like the 11th year we're doing it I think and um we'll be coming home for that so it was hard for him to like take two 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 long weekends away um from studying and everything for him to do that so um it was just me that came this weekend and I was just texting him and I was like honestly like I'm really sad like and so my advice is to just like let people know how you're feeling and don't let yourself hold it in and like I'm really bad about doing that about just like burying the feeling but you know I was texting him about it yesterday and like he doesn't really feel the same as I do because he's like super happy to be back home in Houston and he didn't spend all four well he spent four years at Alabama but he didn't spend like his first year at Alabama he was at a different school um and he hasn't been like an Alabama football fan his whole life like I've been so it was just like I know he doesn't necessarily feel the exact same way but I just like was communicating to him but and you know I like I told my parents I was like man it feels like really like uncomfortable and weird that I'm not spending you know the fall there again and that I'm not going to be back and I think just communicating your feelings with other people even if they don't understand just make sure it's somebody who's willing to like hear you out and like listen to you and I think that you know just remembering that we often remember things as better than they were and I think that we romanticize like our time in college like a lot and I think that there are so many moments in college where it's like the best and it's amazing but when you're feeling like super sad and nostalgic like that think of the times you know like remind yourself like okay I know I am remembering this as better than it was because there were also really rough times. So I am grateful to not have to deal with this rough situation anymore because of college. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Like for me, I'm like sitting here like, oh my gosh, I am not in Tuscaloosa anymore. And my last two years of school, I had freaking issues with rodents in my my living space. And that was like a living nightmare for me. So when I sit here and I'm like really sad about not being back there I'm like okay but I am very grateful that I'm no longer in that situation it kind of like brings me back to the reality of the situation and not just sitting here like putting my college years like on this extremely high pedestal as if nothing bad happened during that time and like remembering like okay I also really hated my freshman year and like going to football games because I had to sit or I didn't hate it but I'm very grateful for my brother and sister-in-law but I saw my brother and sister-in-law like at all the games and I felt like I didn't have any friends so, like I have to like remind myself of those things that just bring me back down to earth and like don't leave me sitting here like romanticizing and putting college up on this pedestal and like while there were those moments that do belong on a pedestal it's like not every single moment was like that so I think that that's like my biggest piece of advice is like remembering that you know the season you're in now is going to have its own moments that are amazing to offer as long as you like let them and embrace the the current situation you're gonna have so many comparable feelings and like even better feelings and opportunities come your way 
and you know you just have to accept that time's over but um just remembering that you're going to experience those same things again throughout the rest of your life and in different ways obviously and that each phase of life has its has its like downsides too um and it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies in college and I know not a single one of you can say that it was so you know maybe you're sitting here like missing it but you're very thankful you're not having to study anymore you know like that kind of thing so hopefully that helps but that's all the questions I'm going to answer for today. I would have loved to have gotten to more of them, but I think I spent like a lot of time on some of them that I wasn't planning on spending a lot of time on. Um, but I hope it was like a fun and different like Q and A for y'all. And my throat's like really hurting right now. Um, cause I'm like super dehydrated and just sleep deprived, but I love you all so much and, um, be sure to follow the Embloom podcast on Instagram. It's just at Embloom podcast and join the Embloom podcast Facebook group and have a great, great week. And I hope y'all enjoyed this episode and I will talk to y'all next Monday.